Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. The New York Rangers have won the Stanley Cup. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. One. One a.m. inside the one o'clock hour on the fan. K.M. to two a.m. will conclude in the next 50 minutes. Get your calls in now. 877-337-6666. I said it's open mic. I mean, we can't break down Zach Wilson film. Like, that actually, like, actually looking at that just discouraged me. And I'm talking to Fleegs. I listened to Fleegs' show the other night where Fleegs was giving you nothing but facts and and data and and everything you need to see, even talking about Trevor Simeon, and you guys still wanted to challenge him on it. (laughs) We still get calls in the morning, in the night about Zach Wilson. No, that's another game that Zach Wilson lost. That was the easiest play that middle linebacker will have all season to intercept the football. He was six yards off the ball, took a couple steps to his left, just reading the quarterback's eyes, and Alan Lazard would have had to be a great defensive back to break that up. I, that that one's tough, but it's open mic. Let's open it up. I want to talk college football. I know we don't do that a lot, right? Uh, we're not going to talk about uh, Fordham or Columbia or even Syracuse, but... You know, I do reference that I played football and I went to James Madison University and Monmouth University. I signed my letter of intent. I was one of the top quarterbacks to come out of New Jersey and James Madison offered me a full ride. And when I went there, I went there the year after they won the national championship in 2005. And they had all these uh, plans of building the school up and going D1 and building the athletic performance center up, the APC and building up. Bridgeforth Stadium, and man, they've done it. And uh, College Game Day is heading out there this weekend. So if you've never seen JMU, it's a beautiful campus. They host College Game Day on the quad. I, I actually lived on the quad my sophomore year. It was amazing. I lived on the quad, and I forget. I think I lived in the Bluestone Building. Uh, there was a Buffalo Wild Wings right across the street from the building. And... uh JMU will be there, or College Game Day will be there for the fourth time at JMU. And I think the big thing that everyone that either you know went to JMU or lives in Harrisonburg, Virginia, is trying to push is the fact that it's 
JMU's second year being in the FBS, but since there's these like janky rules about going from FCS to FBS, they're not bowl eligible. They're undefeated, and they can't play in a bowl game. And uh, I saw Caden Bridges wrote, a JMU athletic spokesperson told The Breeze, The Breeze is the school paper, with ESPN celebrating the 30th anniversary of college game day this weekend at JMU, it's attempting to make this its largest show yet, encouraging alumni and locals to attend this weekend's events on campus. Man, if I had no wife, no kid, I'd be driving six hours down to Harrisonburg, Virginia, to see this. It's going to be huge. There's going to be ridiculous signs. And I was just reading that uh, 1 p.m. ESPN College Game Day trucks will arrive on the JMU quad to begin setting up the show on Wednesday. That's today. Then Friday at 8 8 a.m., ESPN will air live spots and record segments with the College Game Day crew throughout the day on Friday beginning at 8 a.m. Sponsors will also have plenty of games and activities on the quad all day. ESPN's Pat McAfee show will air live on the JMU quad. Fans are encouraged to attend. Best parking is available in the Warsaw and Chesapeake Avenue parking decks, as well as the Harrison Street and R2. I'm just laughing because it's taking me back down memory lane. ESPN records college football live at 3.30 from the quad. Fans are invited to stop by. Like, man, I would have (laughs) loved for college game day to be there when I played. But they weren't there yet. They built it. And uh, they're trying to do everything in their power to bring more attention and more light to James Madison University. It will not hurt. What what will it hurt to let the Dukes go bowling, to let the Dukes play against one of these like bigger schools? They beat UVA, Tiki Barber School this year. Um, the year after I left, they knocked off Virginia Tech. Man, they, they've gone and beat so many schools. Um, they're ranked. They're in the top 25, but they're not bowl eligible. So I'm doing my part here to uh, push the narrative forward that they should be Able to go to a bowl game. James Madison, the Dukes of JMU, where I signed my letter of intent. But I went down there and played two seasons. I was fifth-string quarterback, worked my way up to third-string quarterback. The second-string quarterback's dad played at the school. I didn't find that out until my sophomore year. And our starting quarterback was like all-state Virginia. Everybody loved him. He was a beast. Nobody was beating him out. And so I just knew. I'm like, I'm not beating these guys out. These guys are better than me. And even when I had my days where I performed better in practice or had my weeks where I shined, I'm like, I'm buried on the depth chart. I'm signaling plays in. I'm wearing a headset on the sideline. And I knew I wasn't going to the NFL. I I played with some guys that went to the NFL. But I knew ultimately I wasn't big enough, fast enough, strong enough. Definitely not playing quarterback. Playing quarterback is hard. Example, Zach Wilson. And so I transferred home. I'm from Monmouth County, so I transferred home to Monmouth University. And I did get, uh, like I think, an 80% scholarship at Monmouth. And then the rest was taken care of by, like, financial aid or whatnot. But the real reason I transferred to Monmouth wasn't football. You know, I, I had to sit out a year because there was no transfer portal back then. So I, I basically practiced for a year. And I figured out, I was undeclared at JMU. I figured out what I wanted to do in school and that was radio and television and Monmouth University. They run ads on WFAN. Uh, it's a great school if you want to go and get your reps on campus with a FM radio station built in. 
um, to the plans you're building and a studio for uh, television production. Hawk TV is the TV studio, and then WMCX 88.9 FM is the radio. And I did that for about three years, joined the radio club. And my last year, I literally gave my football scholarship back. I uh, The year before, I broke my foot wrestling, fighting with my brother on my 21st birthday, drunk and just being stupid. My brother just, you know, being physical and rough with me. And I went into camp. That was May 1st. I went into camp a couple months later, three months later, August. I wasn't the same player because I could still feel that pain. I wasn't really, like, effective and back to myself until, like, October, November. And then the next year, Chris Hogan transferred in from Penn State. And I should have stayed just to play with Hogan. I remember I lifted with him and I, and I ran some uh, routes in, like, seven-on-seven seven with him. But then after that, I hung it up, gave my scholarship back, which no one ever does, took out some loans and, and figured the rest out, and then graduated uh, with my degree in communication, radio, television, and the rest is history. So there's my little spiel from James Madison University to Monmouth University letting you know how I ended up here. Uh, I, I ended up here 11 years after all of that. But, yeah, what a ride. What a journey. 877-337-6666. Open it back up to calls on Aaron Rodgers, the Jets. They're going to face the Bills. The Bills fire their offensive coordinator, Ken Dorsey. The Bills are now going to Joe Brady, who led LSU to their undefeated season as the passing game coordinator with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. The Bills are just trying to figure it out. McDermott is on his way out. And they need this game against the Jets. They already lost to the Jets. They can't lose to the Jets twice. Or can they? I think that Jets defense is going to make it tough on them. The Jets offense has to make it tough on them. Matt on Long Island. What's up, Matt? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for calling. I'm good, too. Uh, yeah, so looking at the Jets, I heard you earlier say the division is the best possible way for them to make playoffs. I mean, yeah, I guess I could agree on that. You're probably right because the wild card is too hard. But... Going in this Buffalo game, Miami, I feel like, listen, the Bills are a weird team like the Jets. I mean, you never know what you can get. You can get a Josh Allen three-turnover like three turnover game like lit, yet last night, or you get them, all right, I'm going to go out there and throw for three and just four touchdowns. So I think the Jets, I mean, I do have confidence in this defense. I'm not a fan again, but I think, yeah, I mean, going for the AFC, you got the Bills who can't have turnover football and the Dolphins the week after who play terrible away from Miami and, don't show up against good teams. So I feel like the division, if you win these next two games, it's on the table. Yeah, and what I was saying is, okay, you, you've waited 10 weeks, all of these weeks to just change the offense and, and you know, take the training wheels off and, you know, do some some things, get creative more so. They, they, they do, but they don't. They still run the offense as if it's I know, Aaron Rodgers like there. The and same. it's like, now what do you have to lose like, I want to see a toss to Brees Hall where Brees Hall stops and throws the ball back across the field yeah. to Zach Wilson, and Garrett Wilson is somewhere just using his athleticism and speed, I don't know, running a post down the field. Like, they got to take shots like that more than not. It's they it's do. so <laughs> deflating. I just went back and watched that interception that they lost the game on. Stop putting yeah, Zach Wilson in positions to do that. I feel like, yeah, I mean, you get these two games, high-powered offense. You're not going to win the game scoring like 12, 10 points, even with Miami away. I mean, no, you got to like get in the end zone. It's the NFL. It's the NFL. I mean, yeah. I feel like it's still going to be hard, though. Look at Miami's schedule. I mean, they have an automatic win this week in Las Vegas. Not going to win, I guess. But 
No, I mean, it's not, not a guarantee. Not a guarantee. They're coming off yeah, a bye. They're coming off a bye. The Raiders are feeling themselves. Um, yeah, but they just play so good at home. Yeah, they know. do play good at home, but we'll, we'll but see. But when you look at the next time they match up in Miami, I mean, this is weeks from now. I don't want. I don't like to get ahead, but after Miami, you got Atlanta, which is a must-win game. You're not. You can't lose to Atlanta because if you want to be a playoff team, you win the game you're supposed to. Kind of like with the Cowboys going through the stretch right now, Panthers and Commanders. Yep. I mean, you win the game. I'll give you credit. I mean, you got maybe you don't show up against big teams, but you win the game you're supposed to. And I feel like the Jets, like they got it. They got to win the games they're supposed to. Like, and I feel like that's gonna hurt them. Like the Las Vegas game, the Patriot game, Chargers and, game should have been a closer game. I mean, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I mean, I don't know. It's gonna be hard for the Jets. You got eight games left. I mean, you got the Demont Bill Dolphins starts with it. Yeah, honestly, I think they, they lose. Win. They lose in Buffalo to the Bills, and then the conversation yeah. is over this week. But, you know, this is the last lose, week that we can yeah. even entertain it. Yeah, but if they win in Buffalo, that's going to be a rocking MetLife Stadium Black Friday because they win again. I'm not trying to get ahead again, but they'll be rocking Black Friday at MetLife Stadium. Sure, 3 o'clock, Black Friday. We've never seen a Black Friday football game. The Dolphins coming to town. The fans will still yeah, be there. A, the, the Jets fans yeah. are loyal and faithful, and if they go get a win in Orchard Park, that, that yeah, it's like the four stage. days of football. That's that's how the NFL's king. They dom they're taking over these holidays, Black Fridays. Yeah, and the storylines write themselves. Just when you think the Jets yeah. are out of it, no, actually, no. the Bills go and lose, and that sets up this matchup. And then if if the NFL, yeah, I mean, I just want to make the final point next time. But I still think like get it, go ahead early, be aggressive against these teams because the, you can't fall behind. All right, I meant like. You're playing two great quarterbacks, like, and I mean, you're not going to win the game scoring ten points again. No, what do you like, have to lose at this point? I said that should have been the mentality I mean, as soon as you lose Aaron Rodgers. Hey, whatever, whatever, go for it. I feel like it's not what you have to lose. I mean, maybe you could put it that way, but this defense is so good. I feel like it's just you just need average, and you're. I feel like they're maybe the offense is not close, but they're almost close because they're a play away from those type of games. And if they make that play, it could go a long way. Yeah, if. Thanks for the call, he, Matt. If, if, if. Too many ifs and you're effed, like Evan was talking about. And then what I always say, the NFL. If they do this, if they do that, it's just nothing concrete, right? I don't think I think the Jets go to Buffalo and lose to the Bills because Nathaniel Hackett is not going to change. He's going to revert back into, like, literally breaking down that play just now, I saw it live, and the read live looked like he threw it to the, the middle linebacker who, the middle, the little, like, come on. I just was saying the fleas. As a quarterback, when you come up, you're supposed to identify the, the safeties, right? And I don't know, depending on what you call, you got you to gotta identify the mic. 41 is Mike. I, I got to go back to the game audio and see if he said 41 is Mike and identified Spillane as the middle linebacker and then threw him the ball. Because he predetermined where he wanted to go with the ball based on what I think was disguised, a zone coverage disguised as man, which he thought was man. And it's Zach Wilson. This is what he does. He freezes up with the game on the line. He's not thinking enough with the game on the line. He throws a weak uh, changeup instead of a fastball in there. It gets picked. That's it. I got to be better. Yeah, you like by now you should be a lot better. You're, this is your third year in the NFL. That's not good enough. The read was, okay, the guy that you thought was kind of like, I don't know. 
I just just watching that, just going back and doing that little film session right there. It's different than when you watch it live, going frame by frame and watching what he saw. Like I would love to be a fly on the wall in the Jets. Often, like is Rogers in there breaking down the film with Zach and and Hackett and Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon? Zach, that's the game, bro. It's second and eight. Live to fight third down. So at this point, you literally have nothing to lose. You're, you're on the verge of losing your third game in a row, which will will ultimately end your season because you're you're not gonna be no like you're you're not like and then look at the rest of I don't even know why we're doing this exercise. Please call me up eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. You're not beating C.J. Stroud and the Texans because they're gonna score. They're gonna throw the ball around. C.J. Stroud, he, he does not discriminate. Nico Collins goes down. He's throwing a John Michi the third. Noah Brown, who the Cowboys casted off. Dalton Schultz, who the Cowboys also didn't want. Tank Dell, who's a rookie, was hurt for a little while. You're, you're not beating the Texans. The Dolphins are going to throw it around. Tua, Tyreek, Waddle, whoever. Running with Mosert. They got this kid, Devon Achan, being activated now. And the Browns, the I mean, just the, the Browns' defense. The Browns' defense versus Zach Wilson. That's the weekend after, no, no. <laughs> no, it's not good. It's not great. It's not great. So we're, we're doing this exercise for the last week, folks. When the Jets go to Buffalo and lose to the Bills, because their offense takes one step forward and then two steps back, right? They have a big play. There's a hold. There's a legal formation, a legal shift. This is the last week that we can do the ifs. This is the last week we, we can do the, well, if they do this, if they do that. Man, if I'm the play caller, I'm, I'm, I'm going into my bag of tricks. I'm pulling out all the stops. I'm doing everything. I'm, all, I'm faking a punt. I'm onside kicking the ball. You know, it's funny because it's like, man, you know, all the changes they can make, somebody's got to somebody's gotta be the sacrificial lamb. Heads have to roll. And they released Michael Carter. And just two years ago, Michael Carter was looked at as like a leader of the team. Michael Carter is, is a little running back. I don't think he's actually going to stick anywhere. He's a young guy. He was a fourth-round draft pick for the Jets. That like, Once they got Dalvin Cook, I don't even know why he got on the field. Dalvin Cook has turned it up a little bit more now that he realizes he can't get traded. But, like, they cut Michael Carter. <laughs> Michael Carter is, all right, after, after all of the, you know, things with the offense, Michael Carter is the guy that you release. And it's funny because Joe Beningo called into Evan and Tiki, his 4 o'clock spot on Monday, talking about get Carter out of here. And where's the kid from Pitt, Abanaconda? And the release of Carter makes way for Abanaconda to get some reps. That that's nuts. I wonder if I wonder if Joe texts Rob Sala that. Like <laughs> we're in such a bizarre world with the Jets and with the radio and the hosts and the the calls and the fact that we're doing the Zach Wilson thing back to back years. I'm switching the subject. What else did I want to talk about here tonight that we didn't get to? We talked about the Yankees, and I had no problem with, with Brian Cashman's comments about Stanton because he didn't tell a lie. But what I have a problem with is, like, okay, the, the agent coming out and saying what he's saying, which is, like, disparaging free agents for signing with the Yankees, 
And then it made me think, what what are free agents signing in New York for? Right? If it's more money, it's it's to go to the, the Mets and Steve Cohen. And yeah, I get it. The Mets history, they haven't been competitive and they just had the highest payroll and missed the playoffs. But it's like, man, the Yankees situation is toxic right now. The Yankees situation, the GM is going off, cursing at the media, basically cursing at the fans. They're far removed from their last championship. It's a decade and a half now. And that whole lore and prestige of wearing the pinstripes, I feel like it's not there anymore. You know, these young guys that wanted to be Yankees, the Yankees got some of them. And they got some of the wrong guys. Like, yeah, IKF had a picture of him in the bleachers at the old stadium. Sure, bring him in there. But Corey Seager, Bryce Harper wanted to be Yankees. Didn't entertain those guys. Did get Garrett Cole. And I think that's it. Oh, I want to go play with Garrett Cole. I want to be in the rotation with Garrett Cole. Or I want to be in the lineup with Aaron Judge. But, man, it's worn off. I think the Yankees' next move this year, because I don't really think that they're – I don't think they're they're landing Juan Soto. I think it's just Yankees for clicks. Obviously, if if you put out there that the, the Yankees are the top team to trade for them, that they have all they have, then behind the scenes, other teams that want them and are interested in them, you know, they try a little harder to get them. Yamamoto, I just feel like with the whole thing with Joel Wolf, his agent is also John Carlos Stanton's agent. They're going to run the cost up for him. Are the Yankees going to outbid Steve Cohen and the Mets? I don't know. I don't think so. What makes free agents want to be Yankees now? They want to shave their beards? No, a lot of these guys have beards in Major League Baseball. They're not looking to go to the Yankees to shave their beards. I ran into Luis Castillo in L.A. This guy's got long locks down his back. And I remember hearing, uh, you know, rumblings that if he was traded to the Yankees, he didn't want to have to cut his hair. Ultimately, that didn't happen because the Yankees traded for Frankie Montas instead and didn't want to part with their prospects. But, yeah, what what is it? What is it that if you're a free agent right now that says, I want to go to the Yankees? It's not World Series anymore. And it's not, oh, I want to wear the pinstripes. They got a star insurance patch over the pinstripes. The pinstripes are heavy. Now it seems like the pinstripes are heavy for no reason. Right? The pinstripes are heavy. The, the fans will boo you. Right, Carlos Rodon comes here. He's blowing kisses to the fans. He's terrible. Fans hate him. <laughs> he, he's hurt right away. He missed half the season. I think I saw an article on WFAN.com. I didn't hear Sal say it, but it, Sal says Yankees should make Carlos Rodon go away. Get him the hell out of here. What? How? <laughs> how? How are we just making all these guys go away and disappear? Stan's not going anywhere. And, and if you're a Yankee fan... You better hope, 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 hope week. Carlos Rodon figures it out in the offseason and is the left-handed bulldog second ace that you want him to be. He signed a six-year contract, and these guys moved on from Jordan Montgomery, and Jordan Montgomery's going to sign a six-year contract somewhere. He might stay right there in Texas. I think Chris Young and those guys are smart. They probably keep him right there. He just won the World Series. We'd like you to stay. Let's run it back. We'll pay you. Other than that, we spoke on Carlos Mendoza. We spoke on Mendy to the Mets. I think it's a good hire. Yeah, it's another Yankee hand-me-down, but I think it's a good hire to connect with the Latin players. I think it's a good hire to hire a baseball guy that has good baseball knowledge, been around, and that you can work with, right? He's never been a manager before, so he will take some advice. He will take some analytics. He will take a word or two in the meetings. It'll, it'll be a collaborative effort. 
877-337-6666. I was going to talk Devils, but I know people don't want to talk Devils, and the Devils got beat 6-3 tonight. I thought they were going to figure out a way to beat the Winnipeg Jets, but the New York Rangers, hate to say it, the New York Rangers are a wagon. The New York Rangers are tough, and ahead of this matchup Saturday, I mean, the Rangers beat the Blue Jackets 4-3 on Sunday. The Rangers beat the Wild 4-1 on Thursday. The Rangers just, they win. They've found ways to win even after losing guys. and Lafreniere and Artemi Panarin. It's the usual suspects, man. These guys are getting it done. They look good behind LaViolette. And the next matchup they're resting and waiting for. They played Sunday. They don't play again until they face the Devils in Newark on Saturday. I'm not going to be able to make it to that game. I know it's going to be lit. I hope the Devils stand up. But, man, I think the Rangers are going there. And uh, they're thinking about the preseason. They're thinking about the playoffs last year. And they're looking to send a message to the Devils who are down a couple guys, two of their best players. 877-337-6666. My last 20, 25 minutes or so coming up on the fan. Uh, We'll close this. We'll add a couple more things. We'll take the rest of the calls. And C-Mac is in the bullpen warming up. Keith McPherson on the fan. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Odell Beckham Jr. made the catch with one hand for the touchdown. Wow, what a catch by the rookie. Ridiculous. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Yeah, yeah. All right, last 20 minutes I've got this early Wednesday, November 15th. Keith McPherson on the fan, just watching ESPN. And, of course, on ESPN it pops up. Michael Carter waved by the Jets after the players-only meeting, right? Garrett Wilson said, I think he said, Sunday after the Raiders game, they might have to have a players only meeting to clear the air. And uh, he said, The guys talked and we had the floor. It was just us. We got to make sure we're all on the same page about where we're at and how the hell we get out of this funk, man. That was really the message when it comes from one of our teammates. It always hits different, it always resonates a little bit more. Michael Carter, if you remember that Patriots game, where Zach Wilson absolutely sucked. Come on, guys. It's windy as hell out there. It was another one of those games. The elements in East Rutherford. Like, imagine if the the Jets didn't lose that game to the Patriots. That's a game they absolutely should have won. But uh, 
man, he was so bad in that game. And guys were getting frustrated on the sidelines. I remember Michael Carter was a guy that was really animated on the sidelines. I think he's had enough. <laughs> I think he's had enough. And clearly the Jets have had enough. They're like, bro, you're not good enough to be talking so much. You're not good enough. So, you know, your your production doesn't match your your mouth. Your bark definitely doesn't match your bite. You're one of the smallest guys on the field. You make the one of the least impacts. It's it's just all bad, man. But even watching Aaron Rodgers just now on ESPN Sports Center talking about, you know, I'm a believer in the offense. Shut up, dude. You're just gonna always back Nathaniel Hackett. And then he said, if you watch the film, he's like, there's a bunch of people that think they know how to fix this, but if you watch the film, you'll see there, you know, there's plenty of opportunities there. Just oh, Aaron Rodgers, we watch the games, bro. And I'm just I'm upset I even went back to watch the one play that Zach threw the interception. Like when we I, I'm sure if we actually broke down the all twenty two, which God bless you, Jets fans, if you actually go to the all twenty two and watch the Jets play by play on offense, probably make you sick. I know the kid from Jets X Factor does that, right? He probably he, he probably wants to be a fan of any other team. But, you know, it's Zach Wilson. At the end of the day, when you say that they're leaving plays uh, out there, there's more out there. Like most, I would say the, the guy that leaves the most plays out there is the quarterback. You know why? Because the quarterback is the one that has to get the ball to the playmakers. To think that people are blaming Alan Lazard for not coming back to the ball on a ball that shouldn't have been thrown where the linebacker was the closest guy to that ball, had the easiest beat on it. Like, we are reaching for any way to not just say the obvious because we've said the obvious so many times. Jeff is in Fairview. Jeff, you're on the fan. Yeah, and that was uh, Zach Wilson's first interception in 151 attempts. You know, you, you see Hall of Famers make mistakes. They didn't see the linebacker. It happens. Uh, but I'll tell you one thing. Zach Wilson, it's Salah and Hackett. The proof is in the pudding. You got to open up. First and goal from 13 after the penalty. They two runs and a pass. All right. If you don't want to throw the first pass, the first the first down, at least in the end zone, draw a seven yard pass. Get closer to the end zone. Then you got two passes to draw in the end zone to to try to get the touchdown. Now that's on Hackett and Salah. Sure. They're scared. They're all scared. I know. I mean, like the giant game. At the end of the game, he throws those two great passes. I mean, you open it up. They do it too late. You got to go for it. Right. In the first quarter, you got to let the guy throw it. I mean, have when, some, Yeah, have when the game run. is 0-0 zero, zero is when you should be taking the chances. Yeah. Yes. I mean, they had the great defense. They got to show some confidence in, in the quarterback. Because you you just have to, even if they're lying to themselves. Yeah, you know. But you know what? In the back of their mind, they're they're thinking, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers is coming back to save us." But what what is there to come back to? <laughs> no, the back of their minds is they have no guts. Those two, Salah and Hackett. Yeah, they, they got don't. No the ship is sinking, and they're just going down with the ship. The the sinking ship. It's it's really it's sad to see because I can't believe that that they've wasted back to back years this way in the same fashion. Different yeah. offensive coordinator, but pretty much the same quarterback, same results. But then you then you have to say that's Salah's fault then for it not, is. yeah, for it not is. telling Hockett. Listen, 
It's do or die. We're here to win the game. You play but to win the game. You know what Hello? it is? It seems like yeah, exactly. It seems like Rob Sala is like just so disconnected from the offense. Even when he said, you know, this this offense was designed for Aaron Rodgers, then then go a different route. You haven't had Aaron Rodgers since the seventy five seconds into the first game. Yeah, and you you can't keep putting the pressure on the defense. The defense is unbelievable. You got to, but you can't. You know they're gonna get frustrated. So yeah, it's want, there. It's there already. Awesome. This is the last yeah. week. Thanks for the call, Jeff. You know, I I also was hearing Evan and Tiki talk about Joshua Dobbs. And we got to actually stop talking about Joshua Dobbs without mentioning the fact that this kid was with NASA. He's a rocket scientist. This kid literally was studying rocket ships and spaceships. He's trying to be an astronaut. They nicknamed him the Pastronaut, obviously because he throws passes, but also he's been passed around the NFL. This guy is playing backyard football, and he also understands football. I saw Tiki was in here, and you know, during like a, I guess, a little bit of time of a break, and and Evan talking. Tiki went back and watched his last game with the Vikings, and he gave him props. Oh, he's a pretty good quarterback. Yeah, because he understands the game. He understands offenses and defenses. You know, when when I heard people talk about, oh, they can't bring a guy in here. It's going to take him too long to learn the offense. I'm like, what is it? Like, it's football. He's not learning how to speak German, how to call the offense in Chinese. Like, what are we talking about? X's and O's? It's not that deep. It's not. It's football, man. I like, I guess that the, the offense was was catered to Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the only one that speaks that language. Shame on Nathaniel Hackett and, and Rob Sala. Their whole plan. I don't know how you can have so many eggs in one basket. That basket be broken four plays in, and then you not be like working every night to change it. I don't know. It's another wasted season. Here comes the last week. I just. I would love to see them go and beat Josh Allen. I've, I've been on, I remember last year being on the fan, everybody's saying the Bills, Super Bowl, and I came on and said, no, the Chiefs will probably win it. They have the best quarterback and head coach combo. They go on and win it. And <laughs> McDermott and Josh Allen, I think they're on their last leg. I don't think that they lose twice to the Jets, though. I think they've been waiting for this rematch with the Jets. They lost to the shock of, Oh, wow. All of that hype around Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers out of the game. We're back to the Zach Wilson guy. Well, you know, the Jets have have been able to find ways to beat the Bills with Zach Wilson. But I think after they fire their offensive coordinator and Ken Dorsey, they're going to be ready to go this week. And something's got to give. I I think we, we, we have run out of things to say. We've run out of excuses to make. We try to look at other options. Oh, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz signed with the Rams. So what? You have a kid that has talent. And I said I said on Monday night when I came in, we're not going to pile on Zach Wilson. It's not all on Zach Wilson. The penalties is the real thing. One step forward, two steps back. Shoot yourself in the foot. They're undisciplined. But that goes to the coaching. I remember one night I was on and I was talking about the Jets coaches. And I was like, how many coaches do they have that didn't actually play? And I remember we went through it. Jeff Ulbrich played. I don't think Nathaniel Hackett played. I don't think Rob Sala played. There's a disconnect there. And there's also just like a level of respect that you can't get. Yeah, guys can like you. You can be a player's coach. Guys could think you you have a good personality, have a good relationship with you. But like 
they always tell you don't take advice from people that are, you know, don't take advice from people that have never gone where you're trying to go is, is pretty much the phrase. I feel like Rob Sala is a good defensive-minded coach, but he's, he's detached from the offense. And then Nathaniel Hackett, he showed the world he was a pretty bad head coach with the Denver Broncos last year. Sean Payton has undone a lot of that. What has he done this year to make anyone think he's a good coach? I think the only real job that was available for him was right here with the Jets because they wanted Aaron Rodgers so bad. Man, this is I can't wait for five, ten years for the 30 for 30s to go on where they sit down and Zach Wilson sits in a chair. He's a little bit older. Garrett Wilson <laughs> sits down. These guys talk about what was going on on one Jets drive. And, you know, there's there's so much thought about next year with Aaron Rodgers. This is not a guarantee that next year is anything. Not a guarantee he stays healthy next year. He got hurt this past year. When I just was cooking Aaron Rodgers like an hour ago, I talked about the fact that I didn't like that he's talking about the Giants suck. You suck. You didn't have a good season last year. The last time you faced the Giants, you lost to Daniel Jones in London. They had less talent on that team. You took an L. And I think it was Thibodeau or one of those guys hit him and bent his thumb all up. And that's what derailed his uh, season last year, his last season with the Packers. And now you're kicked back. Like it's, it's easy to kick back and talk about somebody when you're not playing. Aaron Rodgers is living off the pass. What, what has he done lately? What has he done here with the Jets? It's crazy to me. This guy had this whole charade, this whole season. We're in week 11. Oh, yeah, I'm coming back. I'll be back around the team full time. And then even when uh, Derwin James, they lose to the Chargers. Derwin James, when are you coming back? A couple weeks. Then he has to get on McAfee and, and say that that's not true. And we've wasted a ton of time on this guy. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is throwing the football. Oh, Aaron Rodgers posted a, a watch on his Instagram. It, it would be foolish for them to rush him back to play with this offensive line, to play with these undisciplined receivers. These guys like Alan Lazard and CJ Uzama were walking penalties waiting to happen. Rob Sala, who, yeah, you could be a player's coach, but these guys aren't disciplined. You say these guys know the rules, do they? Maybe they, they know the rules. It doesn't seem like they practice them. What's practice like? Remember when remember when they gave the Jets like a week off or something in the preseason because they were playing in the Hall of Fame game? I thought that was foolish too. I'm like, these guys need all the practice reps they could get with a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new pieces. I get it that, yeah, you're playing in the uh, Hall of Fame game. You, you need those reps. Clearly. Look at all the mistakes every week. Ton of penalties. Practice, and you practice how you're going to play. If you're not going full speed in practice, if you're not simulating the game in practice, practice. They say practice should be so hard that the game is easy. I don't think they practice that hard. I know the quarterback's not demanding it out of them. Is Zach Wilson demanding that the offense? Hey, come on, guys, get together. Hey, get set. All right, well, come on. That's not a good enough rep. Run the play again and run it crisp. They're not doing that. They're not doing that. And so the defensive guys, who the defensive guys seem like they are, you know, they don't stop. They're relentless. They are trying to score. They are trying to win the game on their own. The the offense isn't matching up. And this is the last week, the Buffalo Bills week, up in Orchard Park, which the Buffalo Bills have had this game 
circled since week one when they had that letdown. Xavier Gibson, walk-off touchdown on a punt return. They fire their OC. Joe Brady's going to have some ready to go. They're going to have to have something. They have some kind of game plan for the Jets' defense. What change in the offensive game plan will the Jets have to go against the Bills' defense? I don't know. And then Giants land on the other side. Aaron Rodgers calling out the Giants, saying that the the Giants suck. It's just like low-hanging fruit kicking somebody when they're down. It's a tank, it's a tank, it's a tank. As you've heard me say, it's a beater, it's an A shirt, it's a sleeveless, it's a tank. They're clearly tanking. So to say the Giants suck, they're tanking. They're, they're not trying to win games. The dysfunction and the game plan, and all, they got smoked by the Dallas Cowboys week one. They got smoked by the Dallas Cowboys week 10. They're, they're running Tommy DeVito out there. They're also injured. So to, for, for Aaron Rodgers to go on nationally televised Pat McAfee and they ask him about the narrative with the Jets and him to go to, all oh, the Giants suck and, you know, like they, they own the media in New York. No, that's not it. That's not it. The, the Giants are a mess right now because they named 10 captains. They traded one away and they have nine captains and no clear-cut leader. And everybody knows the obvious, that they're tanking. So it doesn't matter if Slayton is mad or... Saquon is mad, or Wink Martindale doesn't know why they're giving up hundreds of yards in the first half. Ultimately, they all know this is about draft stock and draft position, and they're on to 2024. Even if they won the rest of their games this year, what would that be worth? There's no reason to do that. You're down to an undrafted free agent quarterback who's a feel-good story, but you don't feel so good watching him quarterback that JV offense. And the defense was trending in the right direction, but they know they don't stand a chance. So here come the Commanders, the Commanders who, um, after that Commanders game, um, I'm blanking on the guy's name, Commanders player who said he was tired of it, tired of losing, uh, the defensive lineman, Jonathan Allen. Thanks, Fleegs. They were upset. That that was a back-breaking loss for those guys with Tyrod Taylor out there. So the Commanders have had this divisional game circled. And they've traded some pieces away. They traded Chase Young away. Sweat is with the Bears, signed with big money over there. But the Commanders are still fighting for some. They went and beat the Patriots. The Commanders at home, they're looking to beat the Giants. They know the Giants are tanking. Eric Bieniemy, Ron Rivera, those guys, I, I think those guys got to be done. <laughs> you know what's funny about the Commanders now under the new ownership Magic Johnson goes online and tweets about them after the games. He gives his in-depth football knowledge after they <laughs> after they lose a game or win a game. November 12th, Irvin Magic Johnson writes, Heartbur- Heartbreaking loss for the Seattle Seahawks today. Defensively, we couldn't come up with a big play to stop Seattle during their last two drives. That's got almost a million views. Let me see if he has another one. He's part of the new ownership group with uh, the guy from Amazon. and <laughs> I know he has another one. Maybe he deleted the last one. No, he doesn't delete tweets. Let me scroll back. Okay, November 5th. Our offensive line stepped up big this week, and the defense played a solid game. Jartavius Martin's interception sealed the victory for the team. So there's, there's expect an Urban Magic Johnson tweet after the commanders beat the tanking Giants. 
Jim is in Manhattan. What's up, Jim? You're on the fan. Hey, how you doing? Good, good. Thanks for calling. You know, you look at the at, at past New York quarterbacks. In his third year, Namath was the first quarterback with 4,000 yards in a season in a 14-game season. And the fourth year, he led the Jets to the Super Bowl. Eli played very well his third season. And in his fourth year, he led the Jets to the Super Bowl. Now, we're looking at Zach. He's in his third year. He's showing very little improvement. He looks like a rookie. I, I would say your best, the best thing you can say about him is that he's on a Geno Smith track. Maybe in his tenth season, will be a good quarterback. Right now, he <laughs> he looks like a third stringer. Yeah, Zach is that 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 ugly girl that after a while you just keep looking at her, you keep seeing her long enough, you settle. You're like, actually, she's not that bad looking. <laughs> you know, you, you look at some. You, yeah, you know, you look at some of these draft picks. I knew right away that Baker Mayfield, the first pick in the draft for a short quarterback like that, was stupid. Yeah, that same was same thing with Zach, second pick. And you look at the way Carolina is trying to justify taking Bryce, taking Bryce Young when they're asked about his five foot ten, and they're saying we knew he's the guy. He is the guy. I go, you're being stubborn. Uh, you got in every generation, people and, and athletes get bigger. You have to have a. You can't have a five foot ten quarterback no. there like you could and, forty and years he ago. He played at Alabama with five stars around him everywhere. They're playing against Elon. Like I keep saying this on air. I watched that game, Ohio State versus Georgia in the college football playoff, and CJ Stroud tried to will Ohio State to victory. And I'm like, that's the best quarterback in the draft. He's got size, he's got the intangibles, and look at him now. It's unbelievable what a guy like that can do as a rookie. And I'd like to make a Yankee comment. You know, you had this guy Rodon. I think I think he's played about six years before this year. Only one year he didn't get hurt. Right. So what are you thinking giving him a long-term big-dollar contract when every year he's getting hurt? What a surprise. He got hurt. He didn't play this year. Yeah. And how do you get to be a GM and make a decision like that? Right, right. They ran out of options, remember? The Yankees were like, we're not done yet, right, after signing Judge and – Rodon and a bunch of other guys came off the board. We're not done yet. They were, in fact, done. And, uh, yeah, hope, hope, hope we hope Rodon and bounces back and, you know, has a better second year in New York. All right, I'm out of here. Got a five-hour KM to AM, 7 PM. I'll be right back. C-Max coming up next. He's going to hold it down for the next few hours through the overnight. Call him up, 877-337-6666. Get the phones going. And I'm sure he's going to keep you guys entertained. I'll be listening. And, yeah, I'll be back 7 p.m. I got to figure out some guests and some things to talk about. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'm out of here. Thanks for listening. Bye. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.